Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. This is Jay Bliss, and I'm here today chopping it up with one of my comedian compadres and my frat brother, man, in this comedy game. My boy, Mike Goodwin, is in the building. What's good, Mike? What's up, Bliss? Not much, man. Bowtie comedy in the house, man. What's, <laughs> what's good with you, man? Hey, man, I'm just happy to be on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, brother. I know it's it's long overdue, man. It really is. Um, I, it's funny because like you know, I uh, as I post the stuff up, I always like, you know, you always check like who who liking it and who sharing it or who doing this, and it's like you consistent. And I'm like, man, why the hell? <laughs> Am I? I was like, why don't I have Mike on my joint? And it's funny because, um, I think we worked together before in Columbia, and we'll get into how we met and everything. Right, but but back in the day when I first started the podcast, we probably should have been there then when I was doing face to face joints. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Because it was like it wasn't nothing for me to. Columbia is only an hour hour right, right, away. You right. know what I'm saying? And so you was, like you was down here like every other. Every other. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them clubs that was like, yo, can you come down and do? I like yeah, because uh, like early on we would always hook up at least like go go to breakfast or something like that. Right. down there because Columbia was one of them clubs. Well, we used to do Wednesday to Sunday. Right. I used to get like book Wednesday to Sunday. Like you'd be down there a whole week. You know what I mean? So, you know, all that stuff has changed. But um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, but I did bring you because you just released they or they just released right. the dry bar comedy special. Right. So, so so the dry bar comedy special, for those that don't know, it's uh, you know, you you go out to Utah. And, and tape your your extra clean special. That's one way to be clean, but it's the difference to be Utah clean, right? So that like like, like now you gave me the breakdown because you you taped yours before I taped mine. So like yours is out now, so mine should be coming out probably January, February of next year or something like that. But uh, that list they gave us or those examples. <laughs> have you ever had to do anything like that before? No, and you know I work clean, so. Right. I, I, you know, I never really pay attention to what people ask for content wise. Right. Right. Cause they always are like, yo, you got to work squeaky. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm clean, you know, so I, I'm pretty yeah. much good. Right. Uh, I do do, you know, I do adult humor. So right. I'm, I'm interested to see, I think some things will be filtered. So I'm interested to see. Yeah. The thing about it is like, um, like you, you, you primarily clean, like you do like churches and you just never went down that route of, uh, you know, just explicit language and stuff like that within your, within your material. So, you know, somebody like you versus somebody like me, you know, me seeing a list like that, I'm like, wow, what what can I do now? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like blue, I'm not blue. But I'm not, you know, I'm also not squeaky clean. You know what I mean? So now not only do I have to look for language, I got to look for content. Right. In addition to my language. You know what I mean? So my joke might be clean as far as language, but the content might be so bad. They're like, you might as well just curse. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so, I, I do find it interesting. Like somebody, you know, congratulated me and they was like, Man, I wish I could do drive ball, but I ain't got enough material. And I'm like, yeah, dog, man. You yeah. Admit it. Yeah. And then, you no, know, that, that's so, well, it's a little disheartening. And it's because somebody probably never told them in the beginning 
um, how far you can get by just writing clean. Like, you know, nobody's saying you got to be clean, but if you write clean, um, you get past all that. It's almost like uh, writing a rhyme, writing a rap. You got a whole rap album and you know you got to have a Walmart version, right? Right. So when you go back in and record the Walmart version, you got to have like all the lyrics to, 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 to go over top of what you would normally say. So you got to right. figure out what to say. So if you write it clean, then you can do it however you want to do it based on your audience. Right. And you yeah. can, I think it's easier to spice it up than to just be spice off top, right? Just Right. Well, that all kind of depends on the premise of the joke. Right. So, you know, there's some premises I'd be like, I ain't going to never be able to do this at a church. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you automatically know, like, I can't do this at a family reunion. Yeah. You know what I used to do, though, like, when uh, my boy Spanky Brown used to be alive, whenever I had Rest those piece, premises, yeah. mm-hmm. I did him like, hey, bro, you probably want to do this bit right here because I know I can't. You I can't. can't. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, man, that's, that's what's up, man. It's rest in peace, Spanky, man. So man. that was somebody you would, like, normally kind of chop it up with and talk to? Man, it was incredible, man. Like, Spanky was, like, a mentor, but then we legit became friends. Right, 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 right. And, I mean, we talked regularly because I met Spank through Akin Tune Day and it's mm. like you know when you meet somebody and y'all like a friend group right the only time y'all really rap is when everybody was rapping right. but some type of way me and Spank developed our own friendship separate from Akin Tune Day so Spank would come to Columbia and me and Spank would go get something to eat because you know yeah. Pop wouldn't be in town or he'd be busy and so right. man dude just really was a great comedy advisor and mentor for like the course of my entire career from day from the jump he saw my he didn't see my first set but he was headlining at the comedy at the comedy house the same night i did a set at our church and then we came back to ox house he was staying with Ock that weekend right and so he was there from the beginning of me stepping on stage and when what when was that like when when was you when, when did you begin to, uh like step on stage I first, I, I, it was 2004 i did a new year's eve service at our church 2000 2004 going into 2005 2004 2005 so you was you almost a like whole year ahead of me really uh, yeah i started november 2nd 2005 okay yeah and we met i was probably I was probably maybe six, five, six months in. Yeah, like when we met. Yeah, I was, I was super, I was green. Um, and we were, and uh, we had to, and uh, we met because uh, at the comedy house, we keep talking about the comedy house. This is like a free advertisement <laughs> for the comedy house. Um, we had, you had to call in uh, to the comedy house if you wanted to do open mic. You had to call in on the uh, the last Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah. Yeah, last Monday of every month to try to get a week for the following month. Right. Uh, and 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 like, as soon as the lines would open, the lines would open at like uh, eight o'clock in the morning, and you'd right. be calling at seven forty-five. Like you just keep dialing the number, keep dialing the number, keep dialing the number, and then they would write you down for one week. You know what I mean? And uh, we just happened to get one of the same weeks. Well, I wouldn't even perform. My brother was performing. Your brother was performing. That's right. That's I was right. out there with him. I was just out checking out the spot. And right, right. So yeah, my brother, he a different. He 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 wasn't clean. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Right, right, right. And that's funny 
That's funny. So, so did your brother stick with it? No, man. He uh, yeah. he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that comedy house wasn't no easy crowd, man. You know what I mean? So, you and, know, you know, I used to think my brother didn't care about laughing though, like, cause like my brother easily is like six three, mm-hmm. probably like two eighty. I mean, he's a he's a mm-hmm. correctional officer, so he's a mm-hmm. big dude. And yo, he used to just come out on stage like, "What's up in this mother?" And I mean, his whole aura was just terrifying. Like nobody <laughs> wanted to laugh, man. And I used to be like, "Bro," and like he, he'd be up there for his five minutes, like saying what he wanted to say. He'd be like, "You better put your purse away, or I go in it." And he was joking, right? People was legit, like, "Yo, this dude about to steal out my purse in his." Right. Yeah, so so he didn't get the whole concept of uh, the psychology of uh, presenting yourself uh, as as I mean he could have came out as a Debo. I mean you can, but you got to they got to know that that's your character when you get on stage. Right, you got to turn it at some point. Like he never revealed to them, "Hey man, I'm I'm kidding." Right, like he's an intimidating dude. <laughs> so maybe it was a defense mechanism though. I don't know, man. We never really, cause I mean, we always chop it up, but I never really got to like, yo, man, do you not want laughs? Like that's because he used to, <laughs> he used to just be able to get his his shots off. Right, <laughs> right. Did yeah. it don't bother you at all? Like you right. ain't getting no laughs, bro. Yeah. So, so when you first started, I mean, you know, going into your first gig was at a church, right. and that you know, and I had I had people on here before. And, you know, starting off in a church or starting off in that type of environment, you know, you get spoiled for the idea of how comedy is supposed to work because uh, the money can come easier a lot faster. Dude, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm writing something now about how entitled I was when I first started. Because I, I spent four years in churches before I even stepped in a club to do a, a mic. Are you serious? Four years. So so give me give me the... Give me the shock value, number one, of stepping into a club after coming from a church, because that's no different than, to me, that's no different than starting in a mainstream room and then hitting an urban room for the first time. Right. I, you I, know what I mean? I, I said it's kind of like, I would I would assume it to be the difference between playing in the SEC and playing in the NFL. That's what I Ooh. thought it was. Okay. Because no, no, wait a minute now. Wait, wait, because that analogy. Well, let, me, let me let me stop you for a second. Right, right, right. That's a tough analogy because SEC is every week is a big game. I was in black churches though. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I was, <laughs> so it may not be. You might have been ACC high level, but it was like black churches where yeah. it wasn't foolery. Right. It wasn't. Right. Right dress up people it wasn't they like they wanted they wanted jokes they wanted jokes right right so that was yeah that was the and and the the other reason was i got started with akintunde and so akintunde had just come out of clubs and he had like a no club mandate like so when he got out of clubs he was like i'm not doing clubs and the vibe was anybody that's with me not doing clubs too because we was kind of yeah what was the reasoning behind that, though? Because clubs make you sharp, though. Well, for him, he had been sharpened, right? So he had spent 15 years in the clubs, 
And then I think the club, it took it, taking him down like this dark path, like his material, right? Super dark. Like he, he tells the story, like he got into like three fights, like, like within maybe a six month time frame, right? Like from comedy, like people coming on stage, or right. So he was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like this, yeah, this ain't the way for me. Yeah. So when he came in, he had that mandate for because it was like three of us that rocked with him. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of was like the vibe. Like he, I don't know if he, I don't know if he specifically said don't do clubs, but the way he talked about clubs, like that ain't the way you want to go. I get, I get it. Yeah, I got, I got it. You know, because that's funny you talk about that about Ock because. Um, I remember I, from the club. I remember, I remember these, this was not when I was doing comedy, but I used to go to comedy clubs in Philly. And I remember seeing Akatunde at uh, the Laugh House in right. Philly. And, right. and the girl I was dating at the time was like, yo, that dude is fine. Like, that dude is hilarious. And he wasn't clean. Right. He wasn't clean. Like, he wasn't clean, but it was funny as hell. You know what I mean? So, looked to like the cat that was like the worst hazer. And then at some point, he's like, hey, man, we can't do this no more. And you, <laughs> you're like what <laughs> yo yo that's funny that you bring that up like I, like we literally just had our uh our charter day and we had a meeting and you know Cass is on there i mean i mean years i mean Cass was on there like you know i've been in a bond uh you know it'd be she was coming close to like 30 for us like in night in 2022 it'd be 30 years so, you know, that's that long in the bond, right? right so right. we start talking about, we talking like older brothers and even the older brothers that's older than me, that's been in the bond like 10, 20 years long under me, we're talking about the guy that's on the Zoom call that haze them. I'm like, yo, that's funny as hell. Like, yeah, man, I don't know if I'd have made it if it wasn't for old crazy ass. And like, then and the dude be like, I ain't, I ain't do y'all that bad. Right, like, right. <laughs> he like the most innocent person. And people be like, yo, this dude wrecked me. And you like, him? <laughs> I know, I know. four daughters that's, that you kissing every other week. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's so funny, man. It's like, uh, and, and it, you know, and, and when you, so when you went to, when you went to the club for the first time, what was the first club you went to? Was it the Comedy House or was it somewhere comedy else? Comedy House. So, so exactly, let me tell you exactly how Spanky Brown again. Okay. I featured for Spanky. So I didn't even, I didn't MC or nothing. Like I came in as a feature. And so how'd that happen? Because I for a year. So I had, you know, I had material. But they hadn't seen you? They hadn't seen me, but Spank brought me in on a like a guest set. So I did a okay. guest set for Spank. Okay. And I, I don't remember who was featuring, but I did a guest set and they was like, oh, he would work well in front of because they would always try to put me in front of like john morgan or, or guys that were super dirty right they I, I would restrict them from going right into the dirt right like right right right, right. Out super dirty then they gotta go to that next level so they were like oh you perfect to right. come in here and to do 20 30 off top so i did a guest spot with spank i think peter saw me and from that point he was he had me featuring. I did some MC stuff, but they right. had me featuring off rip. Yeah, that's good, man. That's dope. Cause like I'm like, you know, it takes a while, you know, because I remember, you know, I would come down and do the open mics uh down there. 
Right. And I uh, I got missing for a little bit after my twins was born. I got missing. I was like, man, I ain't, I ain't doing comedy. I'm being a dad. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I would do stuff, but I wasn't hitting the road like I used to. Right. And because I was, I was, I mean, I was all in with raising kids. Like I was, you know, was two of them. Right. You know, like I didn't had no excuse of maybe leaving the baby with my wife at the time and going, I'm out. You know what I mean? I'm going out. It was like, nah, you got this one. I got that one. That was just how we rolled. You know what I mean? When them babies was born. But then when I started getting back out on the road, I got a phone call from, from uh, Nick Lewis. Nick Lewis was like, yo, um, dude at the comedy house been asking about you. And he was like, he, he, he didn't remember my name. He was just like, hey, remember the dude that uh, from Charlotte, tall, light-skinned dude that had the jokes about, uh, you know, the, the uh, TTBS? And he was like, oh, you talking about Jay Bliss? And he was like, nah, that ain't his name. But see, Peter remembered I used my government name. When you first started. When right. I first started, right. So he didn't know <laughs> the whole Jay Bliss thing. So then uh, Nick called me. And then I called Pete and Pete was like, hey, come, come, I need you to come down. I need you to come down and feature. Right. Right. And I was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I went down there and I featured uh for Shang. I went out there and featured for Shang. And then after that, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, because he's like, can you do 20 minutes? I'm like, yeah, I only had 15. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how we do, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can stretch, I can stretch Man. the 15. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I got to do the 15 and got to the 20, I'm like, shoot, I can do 25. Right. Now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I was good to go, but that's funny, man. So, uh, when you when you featuring off the rip, you're doing the churches, then you start featuring. What about the first, did you headline first at the club or did you headline first at the church? No, I was headlining. You know, you heard, because you're the only guy on the show pretty much in churches. So, okay. you kind of headlining from the start, even if you just, you freshly started. Because if they having a Valentine's Day banquet, you the comedian. Yeah. So they like, they might have an opener. They might have like some deacon that stole some jokes off the internet. And he'll do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I, I'm like, what are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> they do that. Right, so right. That, that's the part of it. Like, so when you come out of that environment, you, you have a false sense of security. Like, because nobody's going to, be hostile like boo, nobody's in the audience drunk, but they'll give you the silent treatment. You know, they'll look at you and they'll, you know, you will know when you don't do well, but you won't right. know it at that moment. Like you like, oh, my neck getting hot. They not laughing, my, my throat getting, getting uh, dry. And the group that I started with, so it's me, Ock, and it was two other cats. Mm -hmm. We all, the three of us started together, but they thought I was along with Ock. They thought I had been doing comedy. So they were kind of competing against each other. And they thought me and Ock was competing, but I wasn't. Like I was a solo person. And so right. I still been with them. So they were like making each other better. Cause they was like, yo, you, I'm gonna get you tonight. I'm gonna do whatever. And I'm just, I had strong material, but my deliverance was awful. My delivery was terrible. Was it was it the delivery of the joke or was it the transition from one joke to the other? It was all of it. Cause I think that um I knew I had strong material, but I had like this arrogant attitude. I, I was I was real, like it was about me. Like I was up there like okay. yo, look at my bow tie, look at my suit. Cause you know, I'm 20, I'm probably 20, 28. 
Okay. So in my professional life, I'm successful. I, 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 right. you know, I've been in the military. I got a couple of degrees. So I carry this air of like, yeah, I know I ain't really that good at comedy, but I'm a, you know, I'm a dude. Like, <laughs> I, I got it going on, right? So I'm up there stanking up the joint, but I, I, I got this attitude, like, yo, I'm, I'm sweeter than I am, right? And them cats was better than me. They just were better comedians than me in terms of the technical parts of comedy. Like, I still. I still was finding my way. I still, I was doing shows. I understood how to write, but I didn't understand how to deliver the transitions. Yeah. I didn't even understand, like, I'm talking to an audience. I used to think I was up there for me. Like, I was not. God, that's, you know, that's amazing, dude, that you say that. Because here's the thing, here's the thing, Mike, and it's funny to me. Uh, and it's funny because it's coming full circle when we start talking about fraternities and pledging, right? So you didn't get the understanding of the humility that it takes to be a comedian, right? So when I when I think about that and I go back and I look at your dry bar special that I just looked at, you know, this weekend, right? Um, and I'm I'm looking at that and I'm going, all right, so the humility portion of it, right? So in order to be a comedian, and whoever's listening to this is gonna understand this fully that they they don't know this. You cannot be a successful comedian if you're arrogant like that. There has to be some type of self-deprecation and some type of humility and showing that you're human in order for the audience to connect with you. So the, the thing about it is, is you can't get on stage and be in shape and then talk about fat people. Right. It, it never works. That joke is never going to work for you. It never <laughs> so, so. so here I am. <laughs> I'm in a bow tie. I'm in a right, right. I got on French cuffs and I'm not cussing. Right, Dude, right. Who are you talking to? Who are right. you? <laughs> what are you doing up here? <laughs> are you a are you a university professor? Like, what are you doing? Right, right. And I didn't have none of that. Like I was entitled because I had done these shows at these churches and I'm getting bread. You know, you getting even yeah, like the lowest show at the church, man, you getting some bread. Right. They fixing you a little plate. They got a little parking spot for you. You don't know nothing about paying for half of your food or getting your own hotel. Like, what are you talking about? Get my own hotel. Like, yeah, right, right, right. Comedy condo? Man, get right. out of here, man. Right, right. Comedy condo in the church? Right, right. So I had no humility, man. Like none. Wow. And that joint was eating me alive because the audience knew you're not talking to me. Like I would have no connection. Yeah, we were not connected. Yeah. So how how did that change for you? Like what what had happened? Like did somebody talk to you about it? Did you recognize it when you was doing the show? Was it the club that made you realize it? Like what was it? It was a combination of things. So, right, I was going, so we would have, like, the crew, Ock would take us out. And it, to me, I did us a, a, a great service, man, because we pretty much did, like, an internship. Yeah. We were getting time. So I didn't have to do open mics. I didn't have to, like, scrounge for time. Like, he would take us to his show, and, man, we do 10, 15 minutes a night. So, mm -hmm. so we had this, we would have, and then, like, there were, like, shows that he wasn't doing, 
So he kicked to us. So I would, I, I saw myself getting better on my individual shows. So I would go right. out on my individual shows. And I think I had a better attitude because it was just me. And I would go and I would do fine. But then I get back with the group and I would, this is what, what it would signal it for me. I was killing in the car. I was the funniest cat in the car on the way to the show in the parking lot. But when I got on that stage, that joint ain't translate, man. Right. It translate. Right. right. And I thought that I just was going to be funny from the car to the stage because that's how I grew up. I grew up cracking jokes with my boys in the car, riding around. Yeah. Just, just kicking it. But when you're on stage, you got a microphone, you talking to people. Mm-hmm. So the nights of working with the group and me not being one of the better ones, man, like there'd be nights where them two cats would kill and people would walk by me. You know, you in the back of the room and somebody just walked by you, like they'd be like, man, you was funny. Man, I really enjoyed you. And they just looked at me and kept moving. Like, yeah, man. Listen, that is that's one of the most comedy is one of the most if you ever want to know if you good just stand out there in that lobby at the end of the show black folks will humble you too because that's the other thing it ain't even it ain't even black folks like it's it's every audience the audience will let you know and i tell this to young comics all the time what other job do you know that you can get instant feedback right from what you did at your job and you can do that at a comedy show Right. And people always tell me, they always go, why you go out front? I go, I'll go out front to make sure I did what I thought I did on that stage. Right. Because people are delusional. Comedians are. You, I, I watch somebody. Yeah, I killed it. No, you ripped, didn't. They murdered. And on Instagram, <laughs> they like, yo, I ripped that joke tonight. And I was like, I was in the room, bro. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> so so that, that humbled me, man. Standing back there at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing about all of it, everybody else knew. They was like, when Mike figures this out, mm-hmm. he's going to be a problem. Like, mm-hmm. they knew, and they would say stuff like, hey, bro, you're not, you're not connecting. You're not, you're not making a connection with the people. But I had to, like, learn it, like, through hard knocks just by just going through. That's, you know, and that's crazy, man, because, like, you know, it, it is it is strange, and I feel like this is just my thought process. I feel like you would have got it sooner if you wasn't in that group. Oh, easily. Because I feel like, you know, and it's funny because, um, you know, workshopping or open mics, like you said, you didn't do the open mics, right? So workshopping and open mics, you got people that's in your ear constantly. And they always like, yo, man, the way you start that off, and ain't gonna doing, never fly. None of that. That's right the between a church scene and a club scene. And a club scene. So the club scene, you're gonna have dudes in the back of the room going, Oh, that's a good joke, but he's killing it when, when he opened with it. And as soon as you walk off stage, they're gonna be like, Mike, listen, try it this way next time. Right. We, I was getting none of that. Right. So when I had I had a podcast, I had a podcast episode and I had uh, Marcus D. Wiley on. Marcus E. Wiley said he never did open mic. He never understood the concept of open mic. And I'm like, <laughs> he like, why would you go do your material for another comedian? And I'm going, because iron sharp as iron. Right. And once somebody know you official, they're going, it's, it, comedy self-checks itself. 
Yeah. So if somebody came in there and they start doing a joke that sounds something like yours, they're gonna be like, ah, Mike Goodwin, dog. Mike Goodwin right. got that, dog. Like right. you got to go talk to Mike Goodwin on that one. And it, or, or they're gonna be like, all right, so Mike in the house tonight. Let me watch his set. You do the set, do the joke, like, oh, you changed that. I noticed that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then like that's right. the type of things right. that we get with the open mics. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's um and I and I mean it's it's good because like I said, I've seen I've seen your sets, I've seen them online, and I've seen the reaction from the crowd. But I've also had people come up to me and go, and you know that guy they call Bowtie Comedy. I go, yeah, and they go, yo, that dude funny. And I go, yeah, that's my frat brother, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And it's so funny because they know what type of comedy I do, but they will think that I would know who you was because right. of the circles. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. right. The, the circles or whatever. I think it was somebody was there. Somebody that saw me at uh, the Comedy Zone and asked me. It was one of our frat brothers. Okay. And asked me if I knew who you were. Right. right. And asked me if I knew who he was. And then, then like that following week, I think you was at the Q House. Right. And they think that I think so, they saw you out there. Yeah. And what 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 I found interesting, right? Because that that's one of the detriments of being in a in a in a church environment nobody's checking you nobody i mean maybe some of the old heads will say something to you right but it's very rare because the way it's set up if i'm on a show with a, a big dog they probably not there yet so i'm doing my set they in the room they on the way over right there's not a lot of people that's watching your set and saying hey bro you got some good stuff you need to slow down right you need to speak louder at this point you need to change your facial expression like that, that's not happening in mass. Right. And so that was going on. And I'm kind of struggling with like, cause I, I mean, I think initially for me, I ne never desired to be a comedian. So when I got up there, mm -hmm. it was like one of those secret dreams of like, I did it. Like I ain't have to get a special. I didn't have to like be on the show with Ricky Smart. Like just the fact that I was in this, room with a microphone right i was like yo i done made it mama i made it like this is amazing but i wasn't getting the feedback that i knew i could get that you knew you could get right and then i would have moments where i did and so it was like hitting that golf ball at the driving range like so you would go through a whole bucket and you you shanking them they going this way that way but then that one ball you would hit perfectly and that's how my set would be i would and I would be shaking stuff, stuff. I'd be missing the ball, but then I'd hit this joint straight and right down the middle. And I was like, I gotta do that some more. Like I know what's in here. I gotta figure out how to get back to doing that. Yeah. And it I mine was a little bit different because I was spoiled from the compliments. Like, um, like my very first set, I, I mean, people went going crazy. Like they was like, oh man, this dude is like. You know, standing ovation, all this other stuff. And that's first first five minutes I did on stage, yo. Uh, dude in the back of the room, the owner of the club was like, I want him on my stages. The dude got it. You know, that was like, it was a whole thing. Here was the other problem that I had. People, at, you know, I realized four or five months in, you got five minutes, maybe seven, right? Right. That you, that you like, you know what I'm saying? But then people wasn't willing to critique that. I didn't have the people coming to me going, hey, man, you should do this. You should do that. They go, nah, man, that's perfect. I go, nah, man, it's not. Right. You know, going back and look at it now, you know it wasn't perfect. Right. But 
But it was what it was was I felt like it were they were comedians that were in the game longer than me that recognized that heat was coming. Right. They ain't want to give me no extra edge <laughs> than what I already had naturally. You know it's what I'm like saying? LeBron, you're not going to tell LeBron. Amen. You ain't going to tell LeBron, which, hey, man, you got to drive to the basket. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I felt like – but see, here's the thing, though, Mike. Once I was coming, they knew I was coming. You know, and it was, it was crazy because it wasn't no stopping me once I started hitting them stages. And once I started hitting them stages, that's when a mentor started coming out of Woodworks. That's when I started hitting it with like the DSs and, and the Birdmans and the Tom right. and the Chris Funny Mans and, 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 and David L's and, and, and uh, you know, uh, just all kind of dudes. Dave Martin, Cats was just coming up like Bliss. Right. Yo, yo, man, yo. That's when that's when the J, that's when the J Bliss started. Like they start, they would just say Bliss. That's right. when that started because, you know, that's what they, they see me coming. They'd be like, oh, this dude about to come in with a new five minutes. You know what I mean? And it was, it was love. But they will always say, dude, you don't dumb your stuff down for nobody. I got a great that all the time. I got a great Nick Lewis story, right? So uh -huh. this this helped my maturation development, right? So so when I got into the clubs, I got some immediate success. Like people was, you know, man, we gotta we're gonna bring you back. So I was doing comedy house pretty regularly. Yeah. I was featuring, but every now and then they'd be like, Hey man, can you can you uh MC? Can you host? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was on this, like, cause it was like $25 a show or something. And I don't even know if they was paying sometimes. It was, it was real janky. Like if, it, if I was doing like a Sunday night, yeah, I might've got 25 or I might've got like a, two items free or something. It was something like right. that. So I had been on the road. I think I had been like Friday, Saturday, I did some church, like flew out somewhere, went somewhere. Right. But I had agreed to do Sunday night at the comedy house. So I kind of was like, man, I done had two good nights. I done made some bread and I was a little tired. So I was like, right. man, let me go over here and, yeah. do, you know, let me go and grace them with my. Uh, <laughs> and I knew I was on one because I came in with my bow tie untied. Like I right. never play them games. Like I come in, right. I'm locked in and I'm loaded. I came in on some Diddy type stuff. I'm walking right. through the crowd with my little bag. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do my little 10 minutes up front. Dude, I went up there and was horrible. I was right. awful. And right. Nick was headlining that night. It was a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. So I come in. I got this attitude. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, y'all, bow tie comedy in the house. We going to do this. A minute into my joint, this was like, no, nah, this ain't this ain't it. Right. That Sunday crowd is tough there. Oh, so I'm I'm, bomb I'm talking about bombs over bad dad. That joint, right. I'm bombing at the MC spot. Like, you ain't <laughs> <laughs> I'm bombing that. <laughs> and I remember I made a joke at the time that the governor was Mark Sanford. And I think he had just had some news come out about having an affair or something. He had some kids at the school I worked with. So right. I made a comment, but I ain't want to go too in because like, I didn't want the, the community to be like, oh, we hear you doing jokes about one of our, all the parents at the school. So I kind of like threw something out there. It ain't really hit. Man, Nick came up there and dismantled the joint. But then he referred, he was like, yeah, man, I don't know what the boy was talking about, man. He trying to be all kind. And, and, and he just went. Went in, right. Life. Like, he just murdered. And I was like, yo, that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like, there's mm -hmm. no, 
Nick went no, back there, like, yeah. oh, it's Sunday night. He's right. be tough. I got, he was just back there chilling. I, he might have been ironing his shirt or something. Right. So he went up there and it was no hostages, no prisoners. Right. And no, just see, and that's the other thing. Like when you're working in clubs, you see comedy in action. When you're in the church, you don't see nobody. Right. Right. Like you I say, natural, natural born killers. Uh, or Sunday night, a Sunday night show is one of the most humbling experiences you can have as a comedian. Um, I think that I think they do and check more show Friday night. They don't, <laughs> yeah, they, they do, they do Sunday nights on purpose to bring you down off your high. Um, because you know, your Saturday shows are your best shows, you be right? Fired. So you figure, like the comedy house, you know, you had your Wednesday night. You know, that's the warm up. That's when you just throwing stuff up against the wall. Right. Thursday, you start getting into your rhythm. You got two shows on Friday. Right. Second show Friday, always bullshit, because that's the people that's licking up and they've been working all week. So you always got you know who the people are. You always gonna have one ass, you always gonna have one asshole on the like late Friday. You're doing show. cocaine in the bathroom. You right. <laughs> early show Saturday is your best show of the whole weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Then the then the icing on the cake is the late night Saturday show. Right, right. And now you like, yo, I'm ready to take my HBO special. And then here comes Sunday night. And you be like, why do I do this for myself? Why, why, why am I even doing comedy? You know what I'm saying? Like, I am trash. <laughs> what, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm so that's the, to my whole generation. That's right. the sun, that's the every Sunday night show, man. And I, I know comedians hate Sunday nights. I know comedians that big name headliners that come in and they do Friday and Saturday leave. They out. And then the Sunday, like, what about Sunday? They, they'll get somebody local to come do the Sunday. Right, right. And that's that. I'm, 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 look, I've seen it happen all the time. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if I ever get to that level, <laughs> right? Like, yo, when you, you su- I like, I don't do Sundays, man. I ain't mm. doing no Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So that that's funny, man. So uh, <laughs> I, the ongoing joke I had with people is uh, in the Charlotte area. If you comedian. Oh, you a comedian? Yeah, you a comedian. You ain't no comedian. Yeah, I am a comedian. Like, how much money Nick Nick Lewis owe you? <laughs> like, if like like if he don't owe you no money, you ain't no damn comedian. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like that. Like you can't tell me you no comedian in this area if you if Nick Lewis don't owe you no money. <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's, that's funny, <laughs> but it's but it's factual though, and that's that's the thing. <laughs> so. That, that's the ongoing joke I got for for any young cats that I see I meet in the uh, in the Charlotte area. That oh yeah, I'm a comedian. I heard about you. Right, uh, you heard about you ain't no damn comedian. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing for me, right? Because I'm like I'm running parallel to the the mainstream scene, but I'm on back roads. Like I'm yeah, I'm moving in a different direction. And for a minute, that used to bother me. Right, I used to just be like, yo. I want to be on the spot. You know, like you, you'll see a picture and it'd be like 12 comedians and cats be there. Yeah. I'm never in them pictures. Like I'm never in them joints. It's, it's <laughs> funny. That's funny, man, that you say that. Um, you ain't want to be on them joints though. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the crazy thing about it. Well, I found that out later. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate them shows. Like 12 comedians on one show. I don't want to be on that joint. I found man. that joint out later, but I used yeah. to, I used to be like, yo, I need that's, to get on them joints. I, that's funny, man, because like, um, like, and I remember, like, like I said, I remember the night we met. We always like just kept passing and in, in, in passing, 
following each other on social media, things like that. You right. just continue to do your thing. I was continuing to do my thing. But it was like, I don't know. It's like, you know, if you had came up to Charlotte and done those rooms like Big Chill and Scandalous, you know, it would just sharpened you. Like it would have right. just been like, right. you know, like it was necessary for me to come out there and do those nights and whatever. Right. But then it's like, I've done churches too by myself. Right. And I've also got done a church and then got done and went, whew, I don't know how they do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not an easy thing to do, but I'm going to tell you, um, they're appreciative. Man, yeah. But, but me coming up uh, as a preacher's kid, um, I know them people at that church got more shit with them than... <laughs> Did anybody in that club? Yeah, anybody <laughs> in that club. So I'm like, y'all standing here trying to be holier than thou. And I know y'all up in this joint thinking about some outlandish stuff that you're right now. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. That's like that's like one of those whole, that's like the whole thing. Like I used to always tell my friends, like, you ever been sitting in church and the the most, the thing you ain't supposed to be thinking about, you thinking about halfway through church, That's like, the like very what am I thing doing? Your mind. Yeah, what am I like? What am I doing up in this joint? But I, I'm like, I think I've sat in services a couple times, dude. I mean, I've sat in a whole service thinking about some bullshit, right? <laughs> and before I know it, I hear, I'm gonna say this last thing, and I'm gonna wrap this up, and we be like, I be like, oh, <laughs> we about done up in this joint, like we about finished. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole service. And the whole, that's the whole service, you know what I'm saying? I done forgot what chapter we was in, what book he was teaching from. I just hear, oh, my, I'm going to say this last point, and I'm going to let y'all get up out of here. And we'll be, I'll be like, and then organ start playing. You'll be like, oh, this, this is an easy week right here. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no word. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but, but here's the other thing. I did circle back around and get in the club. So after that, yeah, years, yeah, I got back in the club, you know, because I always was, you know, even though I was like, yo, that ain't the way. I I, I was like, man, I want to see if I got what it takes, right? You, I want to be, I want to make everybody laugh, right? Yeah, and when it, and when it, and when they say not the way, I'm I'm just like a stage is a stage to me. Like I, like I don't care if it's a college for comedy though. Like, yeah, I don't care if it's a college. I don't care if it's a church. I don't care if it's a club. I don't care if it's a family reunion, man. A stage is a stage, right? And I don't care how many churches you did. Nothing is different than that Utah that Utah stage that you was on for dry bar. That was so that was so strange for me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, dude, you're walking out on a stage in Utah. I oh, mean, there's no. I I don't think there was one black person in that <laughs> audience. I don't right. think it was. I, right. I mean, I think I walked out, watched people walk out, obviously getting your feedback and stuff like that, but. They, I connected with them real quick, real quick. And that target they, joke, because your, your target joke is one of them jokes that like grab. Yeah, I did do that joke. You know what? I'm, I'm glad you, you reminded did, me. Like the target joke, and then you talk about the Darius Rucker joke that you got. I did the Darius Rucker in the very beginning. I said, I'm, a, I'm not Darius Rucker. And they lost it. They was like, yo, because I think I did the Darius Rucker joke when I did my um my Tennessee taping. And the dude said right after the show, he said, I just told my wife when you was about to get up on stage, like, there go Darius Rucker right there. And I was like, I was like, y'all be tripping, yo. Y'all see a black dude with a bald head, y'all think it's Darius Rucker. 
That's the country <laughs> music hall of fame, right? I, that, exactly, exactly. So that joint, that joint is funny, but I mean, um, how did you find out about the dry bar? So what's crazy, like I was thinking about that this week. I knew because you know when you when you in churches, a lot yeah. of, if you look at like the uh the library, a lot of those church dudes, uh, especially especially white dudes, they they did the dry bar. Like they right. did the dry bar. But it felt like for me, it, it felt like one of them secrets. Like so, right. I would go to the website or I would see, I started seeing stuff like dry bar. Cause I was always pay, trying to pay attention to like specifically clean things. I'm like, right, that's I fit. Like right. I'm I'm the dude. Right. So I think I saw it early on and I would ask people about it, but I wouldn't get any traction. Like folks who they would say like, uh like they they give you kind of like that that throw off like oh what's that over there and then you look and then they out and you're like hey man what's up with the dry bar situation so i was asking people about it for a minute but i wasn't getting no kind of no kind of information right and then i saw like cats that came in after me like i saw a dude he had man i had saw him at like this conference there's this big conference that you know, they, they go to called the Christian Comedy Association. So it's like a yearly conference. Cool. I don't know if you ever watched Fallen, but they did like an example of Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So it's really like a legit thing. And so I met this young cat and he was like, yo, man, I'm just getting started. I mean, I, I watch your stuff. And he was like, man, can I ask you some questions type deal? So he's like, yeah, man, shoot me an email or whatever. And so I saw he had this special. He wasn't probably at the time, he might've been doing comedy like two years. What? Yeah, I'm talking about it was super early, man. Yeah. Super early, so he got the dry bar joint. And I was like, how you get on dry bar, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, hey man, I just kept emailing the people. Like I just kept sending something to the website. I just kept, I just kept doing it. And I think I would send stuff, but I wouldn't like just- Keep doing it, right. Keep doing it, right. So I send a few things and I forget about it for a minute. And then I'm like, oh yeah, let me send them something. But he like he never let up off of it, right? And then like I saw like cats around me start getting it, like this person, yeah. that person got it, yeah, person. yeah. And then finally one dude he taped and he was like, "Hey man, I think you'd be perfect." This was probably like June of last year. Yeah. Somebody finally was like, "Hey man, I think you'd be perfect. I'm gonna send your name to whoever the dude was." So. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm gonna wait till my thing come out. But then he, yeah. I think the person had asked like, hey man, you right. know some other people. Right. And so he must've sent my name in the list. And then I think that's kind of how the ball got started. Started rolling, yeah. I was kind, mine was kind of the same, but it was, I mean, I just kept sending, kept sending, kept sending. And it was like, send, I sent a whole clip, a whole set that I did in Naz, I mean, in Chattanooga. Right. I, I took a whole headline and set, Cause back when I was when I was sending my request, they was giving them forty five minutes. Yeah. So um, I sent a whole hour from Chattanooga that I did, and I took a whole headline and set on a late Friday show <laughs> that I did completely clean at the comedy catch. At the comedy catch, I did a whole clean set Friday late show. And when I got done with the set, I said, hey, y'all, I know y'all kind of recognized I wasn't cursing this whole time. But it was cool because I think Dusty was opening for me. Dusty Slay was opening Dusty for Slay, me. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, 
they was like, yeah, they the one of the girls in the back, like, I did notice that. You know what I'm saying? I said, don't worry. I said, I was taping for something for, for, for drive while I was going to send it in to them. I was like, but I'm going to hit y'all off with some, for some dirty 15. The last 15 will be extra dirty for y'all. <laughs> and then I went in, I went in on what they was, they was, they was appreciative of that or whatever. Right. But then I finally got the email uh, that they was like, all right, we're going, we're going to bring you in. And then that's when I learned all, all the stuff I had to do. And that's when I called you. And you gave me like extra breakdown. Like I was like, "Where you like? Yeah, you gotta do this. You gotta do that." Blah blah. I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So I was glad that you actually had tape because everything you said happened. The only right. thing that I forgot to do was to tell everybody on social media to come look at the live, the live uh, when they recorded. Yeah, they recorded it at night. When they recorded at night, they had it going live with the, on the thing. But other than that, man, I think it was dope. And then the other thing I think that we had in common was um, the Boston Comedy Festival. Right, right. When you like, and so I, so I got in not knowing how hard it was to get in. Because when you hit me up, like, yo, you got in a Boston Comedy Festival, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the phone, like, yeah, why? He was like, yo, I've been trying to get that. Joint. I was like, I said, dude, I just sent it in. But here's the crazy thing, Mike. Just the crazy thing, and I, I got a, I got a call for real quick, so I'm gonna pause this. Joint. <laughs> <Hold> <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about here's the crazy thing about that. <clears throat> um, that first that was the first time I applied to get in, and they usually take a hundred people, and that year they took fifty. Oh wow! So I was shocked that I got in after you told me how hard it was to get in. So I was I was just thankful that I got selected. Right. Then it became a competition when I started seeing who was advancing, and I was wow. like. I was mad because I was like, mm, this Boston. I forgot we was in Boston. I was like, they ain't gonna let, you know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna let us get too far. <laughs> and I made it to the final, yo. The first time I got in that job, I made it to the final. And that when I tell you crazy. It, it is, and it, by the way, I, was, I wasn't holding anything back. Like I was not trying to be cute at all. Like when I when I first got there, when I was looking at the preliminary rounds, right, and I saw people up there trying to be creative and trying to be like witty right right i was like hell nah i got the stink eye going <laughs> i got up on stage and i was like yeah that's what it is muscles like yo this dude wilding right i was like right. i was just yeah and then people were like you from where you know i was like charlotte they're like north carolina i'm like yeah like it was just and all these people from new york was was there it was like all these new york comics and boston comics and people from the northeast and they just wasn't ready. They didn't think North Carolina was right, was raw like that. You know what I'm saying? So I thought I thought it was great, man. And I don't know. Did you ever go back up there? I didn't, man. I didn't. I went up there and flamed out. I mean, I don't even think I made it out the first round. And it, it was it's a tough. I'm gonna tell you like this, and it's I don't think it had anything to do with you. I think that. I was in a perfect storm, if, if 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 that can even make sense. My preliminary round, the people that were on my preliminary round, because I heard stories about the ones that was all around town and the other venues and stuff like that. Right. But the people that was in my preliminary round, I just felt like the crowd was more receptive to my style. I had a younger crowd when I went. Right. Other people were saying they had old people. Some people went to a place that only had like 10 people in the audience and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, I just got, I was in a bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I felt like mine was a good representation of what it was when I got in that bar. 
when I got done, I talked to the DJ and the DJ was like, man, you was funny. I said, man, do you feel like I was like one of the top five? And he was like, I would think so. But then when they start announcing people, they announced two black dudes. I was like, ain't no way they're going to hit three black dudes. <laughs> ain't no way. Yo, know, ain't no way they're going to get three black dudes out of it. And they called my name. I was like, I guess they did. Like, I was like, all right, cool. So it was like, it was like a whole thing, man. But I was kind of ticked off about the winners of that because they picked two local dudes and they, they had them tied. And um, I kind of looked at it like, nah. Like, nah. I was like, nah. And they was like, you coming back next year? I was like, nah, I'm done. I was like, I'm good. I just yeah, use that I, as a credit I when I need it. Yeah, finalist at the Boston Comedy Festival. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did a bunch of competitions because I remember you did the North Carolina joint. You did the yeah. Hyatt joint. Right, right. Uh, and like I said, I mean, a lot of times you do those things. Um, I did the 10K up in Iowa. Okay. A lot of times you do those things to get um, recognition. You get exposure from, right. from bookers. I do it to get exposure from bookers. If I know bookers are going to be there, then I want to go so I can get booked because they'll be like, who is this Jay Bliss guy? He, he. Didn't you do, yeah. uh, it wasn't a competition, but it was like laugh your Asheville off. You got in that joint. Oh, early. And the reason why I got in that early, that was early, early. I mean, I was, right. I was doing comedy early on. Uh, the guy that was starting it was real cool with uh, Joe Zimmerman and Carlos Valencia. Out of, out of Charlotte. Out of Charlotte. And that was the guys I started with. So when he started doing the, the, the very first year they did last year, last, year, last year Asheville off, he was getting people that he knew and people that they knew. So it was a lot of Charlotte comedians in that first one. Right. And then we get to that first one, and then they, they had the second one. And we go to the second one, and he's like, oh, you want to do the third one? I was like, I ain't going to do this joint no more. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Then I think I came back. I think I came back at, like, year five or something. Right. And I just came back and did it again. But uh, I, don't think I, would, I don't think I would do Asheville again. I, I never know. got in that joint. I got in the Boston Comedy Festival and never got into Asheville. You should have been in Asheville. I think you would have been perfect for Asheville. Right. And I don't know, like I say, like you send that stuff in, and you never know who looking at your stuff. Like I never got in the Laughing Skull. Right. And I know I would have killed Laughing Skull. Right. And Did I mean, you know, I like- What you I, call it? The, um, the black joint? Like the for filmmakers? Oh, the ABFF? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did the wings one. Um, and and that was that was weird too. Like you just don't know who look at that stuff. Like you send your clip in and you're like, eh. and then they call you back, like, yeah, you got in. And you're like, for real? You know what I mean? Like it's it's it's, it's yeah, you was on a, a nice run, especially with right, before, right. And then but here's the thing though, Mike. Here's the thing. It's like if the ones that I wanted to get into, like the, to want to get into laughing school because I want to get booked in Atlanta. And then you, they say, nah, but then you see the list of people that they got on and you go, right. come on, yo. Right, right. Like, I'll kill every single one of these people. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's not how we really supposed to look at things because that's not how comedy is judged. You know what I mean? But right. I mean, you, you're right. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's funny, man, how, how we look at each other's careers or our, our statuses. Like I can look at you and I say, let's do work. And you look at me and be like, this dude working. And I'd be like, and I go, I go, go, yeah, but he working though. Like, like, it's funny how we look at each other from, from the outside. Because right. cats, cats see me on, cats see me somewhere and they be like, man, you be, you stay on the road. I'm like, man, my pockets don't say that. <laughs> I'm broke as hell. Every time yeah. I look, the middle of life, I'm talking about, there was a nice, you had a nice little run of like, 
Oh, the competitions, yeah. But I wasn't win. I wasn't winning. I wasn't winning. Was like second runner. I mean, you was in the like. You was in the, the winner's circle. I always, I always. That's why I use the hashtag crowd favorite. I always win the crowd, but I never win the whole thing. I be like, this is some bull. This is some bullshit, man. I just hate that. Yo, know, I walk out at the end of the competition. They be like, man, you was my favorite one. I be like, right. man, too bad the judges ain't feel that way. That's I think. Yeah, I think one of the worst ones was that Miller Lite one when you said that Miller Lite one. I got done, man, and uh, Marlon. I saw Marlon Wayans at the end. Marlon Wayans was just Marlon Wayans, Donnell Rollins, and Michael Blackson were judging. And I got done. I went downstairs to give my little plate to eat. Right. Fixing my plate. <laughs> Marlon Wayans is like right next to me getting some chicken. He like, yo, man, what's your name? Uh, Blizz. I said, yeah, what up, man? Yo, you funny as hell, man. I was like. <laughs> Why you ain't vote that way, man? He's like, ah, oh, man, listen, I'm be honest with you. He's like, we, we was all asking each other, we don't know you. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's some bullshit, yo. He's like, we know K Dub. I was like, that's some bullshit. I was mad as hell. And K Dub, I saw K Dub uh, the following year at uh, Comedy House. We was working together at Comedy House. Right. K Dub said, man, let me tell you something, man. He said we was at that. Middle he said I knew you had won that. I was like. I said, man, I thought I did, man. He said, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, you were dressed for the part. Right. You look more like a comedian. He said, I went up there with some ripped jeans and a T-shirt on with some, <laughs> with some Jordans. <laughs> he was like, and you just, he said, you did like, he said, you did like 10 jokes in like six minutes. And I was like, right. And he said, and I did like two bits. And I said, dude, I just, I tried to give him as much as I could in them six minutes. He's like, yo, I just knew I had lost that joint. And I was like, man, I felt so bad. And it was so, it was so disheartening. Right. Um, Cause I just felt like right. it was, that was it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember that night. I remember getting that, doing that set. And I remember looking on Twitter and everybody was tweeting about that shit. <laughs> Yo, dude, Jay Bliss just killed that Miller Lite shit in Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> rock that joint. Like, <laughs> they gotta win this. Uh, it was, and, and, and it don't, it don't, and then it's, it's, you know, I guess if I can explain to people on this podcast what a comedy competition is like, it's every comedian knows they have material to make a crowd laugh, but you're not, it's not the crowd that's going to make the decision. It's the judges. Right. And you don't know what they think is funny. And they don't, you don't know if they got an agenda you don't know if it, and it's just not a, it's not a good representation. It's, it's more of, political uh, than what it, it needs to be. Right. I did the joint because comedy, uh, Charleston had like the comedy, uh, they had a competition that they brought the cats onto their comedy festival. So if you. Yeah. So, I mean, I got up in that joint and there was a cat um, who was from, Char from Charlotte, from Charleston. And he had won, I think, the year before that, and mm. uh, he, we was on the show together. So I was like, I knew it was going to be a climb, but I didn't realize, like, with some of that, like, bringer show stuff, like, this yeah. is This is home court. Like, I, yeah. that never crossed my mind. I just was like, I'm going to go up here and do what I do. And he was funny, no doubt, but there was definitely an element of, like, this is our guy. Like, yeah. this is... Yeah, and it was like there was a level of like the winner 
but then there was a crowd favorite, and mm-hmm. it was, so I was like, I know I'm if I don't win, I know I'm gonna get get something. something. I ain't got nothing. Yeah, and it, like when I did the North Carolina's funniest, right? So I live in Charlotte. North Carolina's funniest competition is held in Raleigh. Yeah, that's a good night. And good nights. So that's kind of a bringer. But remember, we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast the arrogance. Right. I was so arrogant. I was like, I ain't bringing nobody. <laughs> I ain't bringing nobody. So in order for me to advance in any round that I'm in, in order for me to advance in any round that I'm in, the people that bring people, they're automatically going to put that person down as number one. Already, right. Already. So you got to be able to get within the top three of everybody there. That's what and, you didn't, and you didn't bring somebody. And you didn't bring people, right? When I was looking at the score sheets, dude, it was people putting me first and then putting the person they came with second. They was like, yo, this dude, that, uh, I got to put that dude first. And I was like, yo, they was like, yo, my, my mom didn't even vote for me, man. I was like, yo, I'm just saying, man, get your writing up, yo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so here's the stuff I did, right? So, like, when I did finally get in the club, like, I, I, I like, started doing gorilla, gorilla tactics, right? I just started right. doing... So I saw Good Nights. This I don't even. This was the weirdest thing. One of the weirdest things I ever did. So Good Nights, Raleigh's like three hours from me. Okay. So one day I'm on the online. I'm just, I'm looking at clubs, and I saw Good Nights had like a a clean show, but it was like a brunch. It was like a lunch Saturday, whatever, whatever show. So I'm like, I'm going to that. Like I looked at the calendar. I wasn't working that weekend, and I was like, Yo, I'm going to that joint because I always. Good Nights is one of the best clubs in the country. Right, like, right, right. I'm like, I need to get in that joint. So I go, and I didn't realize, like, it wasn't a legit show. Like, it, it was it was a thing kind of for guys that don't get on the open mic. Like, they, right, they, like, right. But the open mic was pretty, they had some little thing. Like, you had to come at five. Dude, it was on some L.A. I drove, drove two hours and not, and not got on the show. <laughs> That's exactly and, and not got on. I was like, yo, this is some nonsense, man. <laughs> so I went to the I went to the lunch thing, which might have had seven people in the crowd mm-hmm. and comedians. Right. And for whatever reason, the booker just happened to be there that Sunday. That nice. Saturday. And so I did my thing. And she like, wait, what are you? Who are you? Like, what you doing here? I was like, oh, I saw this on the website. I, she was like, why didn't you come to the mic, like the open mic? I was like, I saw this was earlier. It yeah, Saturday I was free. She was like, "No, you need to come back on uh, whatever night, Tuesday night or Thursday night, whatever it was, and uh, we're gonna get you on the second wave." Like we, because they would, you know, she was explaining like they had already booked the open mic. Like it, yeah, was yeah, it was it was packed every week. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I got up there and I got in that second wave, and it was same kind of thing. It was like Cash was like, "Who are were right. you?" Where you came from, man? Like right. that was always like a thing for me. I was doing that at Greenville. I was yeah. doing that. Yeah. At I was just like pop in on spots. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. And people were like, man, who where you come from? What are you doing? Who are you? Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm getting how I get it, man. The first year I went to um North Carolina's funniest, 
you know, you get there for the meeting that they have for all the comics that's competing and they give you all the rules and everything and when you're going to get the light and how much time you get and how you get points deducted and all this other stuff. Right. And you could tell that the local scene was there and they were all having conversations. Nobody knew who I was. I'm sitting over there to the side. Right. And they're having these conversations. And it was me and Clint Orr. Clint Orr drove up there with me from Charlotte. Rest in peace, Clint Orr. Yep. And we sitting there talking. And I was like, I said, look at them, man. He's like, yo, he's like, they get along up here. I was like, I know. I was like, Charlotte on some bull. You know what I'm saying? I was like, look how, look how friendly they are with everybody, right? So he was like, you can hear one of the dudes go, so it's definitely going to be me, you, and such and such will probably advance. Right. And I, I, I nudged Clint. Clint was like looking at me. I'm like, they didn't already figure it out. He's like, that's dumb. I was like, I know. <laughs> like that, right? So I got, I got lucky number three. I said, like, hell yeah, I get to go third. You right. know what I'm saying? So, man, I got done with my set, bro, and walked outside. There was like four comedians like, yo, where you from? I was like, yo, I live in Charlotte, man. They're like, yo, yo. I was like, nah, y'all already got the three. Y'all said it was going to advance. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so it was funny because they was like, oh, they was like, yo, you coming back tomorrow? I was like, nah, man, I, I got, I'm up in Cleveland tomorrow. Right. They're like, you got another competition? I'm like, nah, nah, I'll be there all weekend. I'm featuring up at uh, Cleveland at the Improv. They're like, damn, you traveling too? Like, yeah, bro. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. And it but, was crazy, yo. That was but crazy. at least, you know, for you, like, there's a scene in Charlotte. Like, there's a legit yeah, yeah. scene. Columbia scene is growing, but it's, it's kind of more underground in general. Like, we don't really have, like, a straight up. Main. Well, yeah, because I don't have a main, y'all don't have the mainstream club either. Right. So everything is like a bar or some type of alternative type venue. Right. And then you got the comedy house, who's not necessarily, from my experience, trying to foster or you know, create they don't, nah, they don't they don't have a they don't have a, a fostering environment for right. So for I don't even community. know how like so people will say Jay Bliss, like. There's a level of you done been through the up the the, the ladder in Charlotte. You done been yeah. in I don't know how these people see me in Columbia. Like I, I think they like they well, know they definitely know who you are. Yeah, right. They definitely know who you are. Yeah. But when uh, I come to because I go to the mics. I go to the mics and yeah. then I'll have like a new cat. And you know, I'll do and I'm shooting free throws. Like when I'm at the mic. I'm literally doing left hand layups. Like right, I'm right. out in here talking about what you what you not going. I'm not doing none of this. Right. And so I, I see some of the young cats like, man, dude, funny, but I ain't really seeing right. I ain't seeing the heat. Right. And so they'll come up and we'll have great conversations, but you know, we'll talk like, like I just got started. They're like, so you know, how long you been doing this? And I'm like, man, probably like 10 years. They were like, what? Yeah. Where yeah. you been at? Like where I don't yeah. see you. And I was like, I, I can't <laughs> like, I can't tell I you. Be, I ain't gonna see me here. <laughs> it's funny, it's funny. Like um, you know, it was one time it was this this young comedian in Charlotte, and he had his whole rapper mentality. He was trying to battle comedians. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> we don't talk trash to comedians. Right. There's something about um, I don't never see you at no open mics. Won't you won't come down to open mic and say that? And I go. Yeah, I don't come to open mics like that. I'm on the road. I'm booked. And somebody was like, oh, you know what I mean? And I'm like. And was I, this I, dude that moved out of Charlotte to another town? Mm-mm. But okay. what I'm saying is, is, it's like, you're you're trying to be combative, and I'm beyond that. 
I'm not some young dude that you think I am. Like I've been doing this for years. Like the group that I started with, um, we don't, we, we, I come to open mics. I show up at an open mic, but you know, the guy you look up to started the same time I started. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. ask him about me. Cause he'll tell you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but then like, if I do show up at a mic, um, I'm just like you, it's left-hand layups. Like I'm going out there, testing our material. And I'll chop it up with y'all afterwards if y'all got questions or whatever. But you know, that's just not what it. You know, that's not what it is for me. You know what I'm saying? And so. I love it, like, cause, cause again, I think part of it for me is I'm regaining, cause I didn't, I ain't started the mic, so yeah. I am supplementing on the back end, like. And I, man, I like the mic, like as grimy and as horrible as like. It's something about being in a room. It's like. Yeah, this yeah. is like this. Yeah, is, it's organic, man. It's it's right. natural. Like you know, you got something. You got something to work with if you can. And it's easier to do crowd work. Like it's like right. you know, tell somebody. Like you think you think that's a good premise. You think I should start with that? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's it's so unorthodox. You know, you can do anything you want. And it's kind of I mean? like being adopted and going into a fan. Because like when I started in the churches, there was not that environment. So when I right. get in it. I'm like, oh, this is how this supposed to feel. Like, oh yeah, man. This is how the, it's supposed to feel. The first open mic we used to go to when I first started doing comedy used to have an air conditioning unit behind, like on the stage, and it would actually drip <laughs> while you was doing comedy. So if you was like walking around too much, like you get hit on your head with the water, you'd be like, Man, I done got hit with some rusty water. I'm about to die tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, like that <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy, you know, but I remember those things. One of, the, one of the things I like to do on this podcast, man, we, uh, uh, you ever watch the actor's studio with James Lipton? Oh, yeah. Quick fire questions off at the, at the guests. So I like to do that with you real quick. I'm gonna remix it a little bit. So get ready for the questions. All right. What's your uh, favorite word? Tomfoolery, I think. Yeah, Tomfoolery. <laughs> now, one of the things that I will say is you used to do word of the day. You used to do right. that on a social right, media right. platform. Are you on TikTok? I'm not, and I, I need think to, I, I think need. it might. I think that might work for you on TikTok. And here's the thing, reason why, because like I said, it's a it's a lane for it, and I don't know if people are doing it. But if you do it, it has to be a minute. It can't be right. any more than a minute. And I feel like if you got it in a way that was presentable to the crowd, right? And they'd be like, "Yo, I, I like this dude. This dude always got a word of the day." You know what I'm saying? And be able to use it in a sentence. Right. And then say, maybe in the comments, be like, now y'all use it incorrectly for me at this, in a sentence <laughs> in the comments. And I don't want to find out who got the best one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what I'm saying? No, like, yeah, that would cool. be a way to get people to say, like, all right, tomfoolery. The word of the day is tomfoolery. Definition of tomfoolery, such and such and such. Let me use it in a sentence for y'all. Right. Now, you know how we do. <laughs> Give me your definition of the word and use it in a sentence the wrong way within the comments. That's hilarious. And that oh. and that might be that might be how we, you know, and then like, you know, you go back and do another TikTok of somebody that had the best one. Right. For how that to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like you never know. Like I did, I did, I, I'm on TikTok and dude, I got one. I mean, a lot of my stuff only get like 150 views, 100, 200 views now. But I had one that had 30, 30, 30,000 in three days. So yeah, like you just never me. I just was like, uh, just got you got to find something that everybody finds interesting, and I think that might be one of them. You know what I'm saying? So just give it a shot. Whatever. No, no, I like that twist because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was well, trying to be too academic when I was doing. They were still good though. <laughs> it was still good though. All right. So what's your least favorite word? Least favorite word. 
No. No. Yes. <laughs> we didn't hear. No, I think we didn't talk about that, that that enough here on this podcast today. No. Nah, you nah, we good. We all full. We don't I'm need no good. more. Oh no. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> so you know my my phrase, man. I've been using this since the time you met me, man. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, TTBS. That's that bullshit. So anything and everything, you absolutely no control over your life. So in your world, what is TTBS to you? It uh oh, in terms of like a phrase or just in nah, general? just in general, like what like what happens that you have no control over? That's just always TTBS to you. Every time I go get my oil change, and it'd be like, uh, "Hey man, can I talk to you? Out can there? I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> oh my god, like no man, I didn't come here for that. I man. came here. Ain't nobody even tell you to check all that, man. I don't need none of that. Hey, that's that. Hey, that's that TTBS. <laughs> Hell, you looking at the steering column for man? I, I steered just fine up in this joint. Every time. Hey, Every time. Can we? Uh... <laughs> Let me ask you. So, do you go to the dealership to get your oil changed, or do you go one of them little? I go to like, man. I go like to little. Like, I no go to the place. I go, yeah. to the but I got, I got, man. I, see, I still. That's one of the things. Like America PTSD. Yeah. I don't have a great car. Like I've always okay. had like uh, librarian cars. Like I right, don't right, right. no smoke right. on the highway. So I drive a Nissan Versa. So right, right, right. I'm unassuming. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I take it right over to the Nissan spot. Nissan, right. I like I say, I got to a certain age, man. I stopped doing them jiffy lubes. I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> Taking this joint right to the dealership because they know what right. the hell they're doing. Yeah, and like you, they give you some credit and you done been in here. Right, 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 right. You learn that you learn that as you get older, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, all right, so uh what's the opposite of uh TTBS is uh is the shit. So what is the shit to you? Uh my wife. My dope. wife. Dope, man. Wife. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, I I uh you know it's funny. Uh, it's hard to be a comedian sometimes to stay married. It is. I mean, you know, you have a lot of bad stories, but when you got one to hold you down and you got one that's just in your corner and it's making you a better person, it just makes it that much better for you to be out on the road and be able to do what we do. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of, you know, inadequacies, a lot of jealousy, a lot of, you know, not understanding how this thing works. But when you find one that just understands it and is in your corner, man, that's the best thing in the world, man. You know, I just saw, you know, I'm a I'm big University of South Carolina fan. We just hired yeah. a, new, a new football coach. Yeah. And so somebody was talking about his wife. And she mm-hmm. was, he was just, they were saying that she was the kind of wife that, like, she's at the games. She's at practice. She's a part of the team. And, they, yeah. like, in comedy, you need people that's like that. Like, yeah. they're yeah. on board. Yeah. Hey, you go coach. You go recruit. You go, and we'll come if we, you know – or we'll right. be good. But right. then you, you got the other side, and I never experienced this, where people like, why are you doing this? Or what, you know, yeah. I thought yeah. you, you did that for how much? And like, yeah. everything is an interrogation around. Yeah, so, but they so don't understand. Cold. They don't understand how that, how that, how how the comedy part is needed for you to be, feel complete. Expect, um, yeah. Especially yeah, I'm driving to Raleigh three hours to do five minutes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like some people don't get that, explain man. explain that to nobody. Nah, because it don't make sense. You're going to see somebody like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm really going to do this five minutes. And it's, Clearly. So, it's so funny, man. It's so funny because um, I remember I remember getting a question when I was married. How serious are you taking this? 
That was how she said it. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, so like you like really trying to do this? And I was like, I don't like the way you even phrase that joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, this uh, this sound like you don't even believe I, I can do it. You know what I mean? But you know, you ain't got it, no hope in nah. But part of it was, I think part of it was like she was always amazed at how good I was at it. Right. You know what I mean? But I guess she just didn't see the she didn't see the the upside to it. You know, because the grind was the grind. The grind she was like, God, when this turn, like, you know, when 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 this got what when do you have to what when is it that you don't have to be on the road as much? And I'm right. like, Mm-mm, that's just what it is, you know what Dude, I mean? My wife, like, so I got to a point where I was at the school and comedy, I was having two full-time jobs, you know, that's yeah. the way it felt. Yeah, yeah. And she said that. Like she saw it, right? So she yeah. was like, and I, I legit was like looking for jobs. I was going right. to get like a, a entry level position and then like really focus on getting on the road because I was missing opportunities because I had to be at work. Right. And I hit her like, hey man, you know, the, I can't do this. Like I can't carry all of this. So I'm going to look for this other spot that's a little less demanding that I could be a little right. less and my wife said, well, why don't you just do comedy full time? Like, that was her. Yeah. And she had to ask me one more than one time. Like, nah, she said nah. it. like you said, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. That, that was, she was like, yo, I'm looking at it. Man, you made half of your salary doing whatever you was doing on the road with a job. So imagine if you just focused on this. Yeah. Yep. She's always that's dope, bro. Yeah, that's dope. That church money, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> I need full time. Yeah, man, exactly. Man. <laughs> one of them what was the we was on ch- community chopping at the honorarium. The honorarium. Like <laughs> <laughs> so so if nobody knew who you were, nobody knew who Bowtie Comedy was, uh, what would be your uh what would be your intro music if I had to introduce you to the world? Oh, uh, dude, oh, it would be, um, it would be, uh, introduce me to the world. Dude, that's, that's tough. Right yeah. If no one knew who I was, I would, right. um, I'm bringing you up like, yo, y'all give it up. For Mike Goodwin, like you, you coming out, like yo, this is the first introduction. Like, which which should come out music, man? Oh, man, you know I'm. It's two of them in my head. Uh huh. So I'm thinking, what's the Jay Z joint? Dun 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 dun. Encore. Oh, encore. There you go. Yeah, encore. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the first. Like, okay. 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 That's the first one. Yeah. But then the other one I was thinking about was Classic Man with like the remix. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm a classic. Oh, you yeah, you you went straight to Cap Alpha Style on that one. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, okay, okay. So what's your uh and if you retired from the game, you retired, you done done all the shows you're gonna do, what's your walk-off music? I feel good, James Brown. James Brown, there you go. <laughs> uh, if there was any other occupation that you could do other than your own, what, what do you think you would be doing? 
I would probably be a university president. Like I would legit be working yeah. on somebody's campus. HBCU or PWI? I think I'd probably be at a PWI, but yeah. uh, I would love, I probably would have loved to get the HBCU. That's the other thing. Like I didn't go to a historically black college. Yeah. When I first graduated from high school, I only applied to South Carolina State and got in. Uh, yeah. When I joined the army. Yeah. And so when I went to visit state after I was in the army and they had me in the freshman dorm, I was like, oh no, that's not going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know Cass was living off campus. So off campus, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, this ain't gonna work right here. Yeah, like, yeah. Cass was sliding pee under your door, see. Your- <laughs> 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 yeah, that HBCU experience is something different, bro. Yeah, man. But I tell people like I'm an honorary bulldog, but I yeah. I ain't never, I ain't never graduated. No know. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Hey man, that's dope. And like I said, I I, I mentioned the bow tie comedy because I know that's like one of the things you've been wearing. How long you been wearing bow ties though? Dude, since my second show. Like I legit, like so I started when I was twenty eight, and I knew I needed to separate myself from the right. crowd. And okay. I thought one of the easiest way to do that was with my parents. And here's the other thing. When I was wearing bow ties, like bow ties are common now. Like yeah, now, yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, man, bow, bow ties were like $80 a boat. Like, so they were like on some like you really wanted to wear a bow tie. Like, right, right, right. You weren't just stumbling in with a bow tie on. Like, right, 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 right. Particular stores that sold them, belts ain't had no bow ties. You couldn't get no bow tie at TJ Maxx. And right, right, right. Walmart. So I felt like it was exclusive. There was an right. exclusive exclusivity to it that was like I think it it represents my personality, but then it set me apart from the from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I remember you rocking them, and it's funny because I've seen you put on a bow tie without even looking in the mirror. <laughs> like you literally got that thing down where you just take the bow tie and be talking to somebody and be like, oh yeah, you be like what you said. Yeah, man. So I told the girl, man, listen, I told listen, I said, better you better have my money. That's what I was saying. I was like, yo, like, I do this tie that bow tie that fast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, and that's funny because I like, you know, I, I could tie, I could tie the hell out of a straight tie. Right. Like, I tell the hell out. Like, but like that bow tie, yeah, I had to go on YouTube. I was like, yo, let me hurt you all in the internet. Yeah, I like, yeah, me, uh, let me, yeah, I, I was on YouTube. But listen, let me tell you something. When I got it on, I was the cleanest brother in that joint. <laughs> you can't tell me. You can't no. tell me Nathan, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, my daughters get a kick out of it. Like, yeah, you tired that? Like, yeah, I'm tired. You know what I mean? But it's People always- People are amazed by the bow tie, man. Just some type of- Well, I told I told one of my little cousins, one of my little cousins was rocking him in high school. And he had bought, he had bought a bow tie and looking at him, he got a picture on with a bow tie. I was like, you tired that? He's like, nah, it's a clip on, clip on. So come on, man. Went back home. Went to the store, bought like three bow ties and mailed them to him. Right. He like, yo, what else? I said, yo, cuzzo, know how to tie that bow tie. <laughs> tie that bow tie, go to school. I said, you get about seven, period. I said, untie that bad boy and have it laying on your shirt. Be chilling. Let everybody know you tied that bad boy this morning. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and he was like, and his, his mom was like, oh, that's cold. I said, that's how you do it. I said, you let them know. Hey, I tied it. I said, seven, period. Untie that bad boy and let it go for the rest of the day. Yeah, I don't know how much time we got, but the bow tie did cause a problem for me. Like when I started, you know, I'm starting to get good and mm-hmm. I'm traveling. 
Yeah. I think it, it set a barrier up between the audience and my, especially in clubs, because mm -hmm. I'm not cussing. Yeah. And, and I'm dressed probably like two levels above the audience. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and I've had this conversation with, with Tone X uh, and also Roddy Perry. Now, they come from an era of dressing up. Yeah. They dress up in suits on their shows. Now, they, yeah, they're older, right? Right. But I, I feel like this, Mike. I feel like, and it's, it's very simple. Like, I, I dress comfortably. I dress what makes me comfortable. I don't wear suits on stage, right? I can, but I don't. I just don't. Right. I just dress what I feel comfortable doing. I feel like it's you, who you are as a person. I don't care how the audience is dressed. They could be in Tim's and, and T-shirts. Right, but right. When you come out and you're introducing yourself, it don't matter what you got on. And if you got that bow tie on, you talk about the bow tie. Right. Talk about the bow tie. Just be like, um, you know, reason why I got this bow tie on, you know what I'm saying? It could be like, like, why you got a bow tie? I got a bow tie on because anybody can wear a tie. Not everybody can rock no bow tie. Right. And the reason right. why I rock this bow tie is to let you know that this is real. It's right. like my comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and that's like the whole thing. It's like, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's like the barrier. When you say it's a barrier, I wouldn't see it that way. I guess some people can feel intimidated by it. It, it was a I mean? barrier for me because I wasn't. So, you know, like you are finding your voice, right? Right, right, right. In the club, I think it took me longer to find my voice. Like what I was doing in churches. Right. When I was talking about the SEC to the NFL, the, yeah. the difference was the speed in the club was far greater. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There was no, time. yeah. There was not a lot of setup. There was yeah. not a lot of let me, ah, uh -huh, like, yeah, yeah. So in that, I had to get right to the funny. Like, so yeah. I, when I came in the club, I, 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 I was intentional. Like, it took me a few times, but I was like, oh. You got to get right into the funny. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I didn't establish who I was. Right. So, so you just go out there and start doing jokes. They're like, oh, so you ain't gonna talk about this tie you got on. You just gonna walk out here and look like a um... right. What you're not gonna do? Right. <laughs> never, never address the dress at all. Okay, I got you. I got you. I gotta get these laughs. They, these people ain't got no time. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, that is a I'm that is on, tough because you, you do have to introduce yourself. You do have to find a way to introduce yourself. Just for them to understand what you about to get into. Right. And it, that's even if I just walk on there with a hoodie on. Right. Like I still got to go into who I am as a person. You know what I mean? And I uh, missed that piece because my whole thing was like, be funny fast. Be funny fast. That is true. It wasn't like. That is man, true. Communicate be, who you are. Be funny fast. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yep. Absolutely. Look, man, we're going we gonna to wrap this up, man. And um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Look. Uh, no, <laughs> finally, you know what I'm saying? That the, the bow tie have come up to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. Yeah, Leon, exactly. you know what? <laughs> Years watching everybody else's clips. I, I know, man. I know, man. Don't, don't worry, man. You, you officially, you're officially in the mix, bro. You're alumni now. You know what I mean? You up in there. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely had to bring you back soon, man. And uh, I appreciate you chopping it up with me for the for the podcast, man. We, Yo, man. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll see each other before it's all done.